We're uh, talking about being grateful this morning. This is Thanksgiving week, and I would like to talk to you about how grateful we should be and how grateful we are for our salvation and what leads us to that salvation. You see, God has an amazing plan for our life. I believe that. God has an amazing plan for our life. But here's the other side. Satan has a plan for your life too. Satan has a plan to rob and steal from you, to steal your destiny, to steal the relationship you have with God, to kill you if possible. This last Saturday morning early, received a phone call, um, and it was a, a young lady who was very distraught. She had just lost a dear friend, a loved one, someone she loved dearly, and just it crushed my heart. It was Dustin Freeman. A lot of you know him. Um, he was an APOR, graduated from APOR, uh, and he had moved back to Denham Springs, and he overdosed on drugs. And I, I just, I, I was crushed. And I thought to myself, God had a better plan for his life. God had a better plan. Dustin, you know, I, I, li- I loved him. He was a great guy. And I don't know if you remember who he is. Uh, very smiley, friendly great guy, but I bring his name up for this reason. He believed a lie. He believed an age-old lie. The age-old lie is just one time won't hurt. Just one more time, it won't hurt. You know, you can make a terrible choice many times, and not suffer the consequences. Sometimes you can make a terrible choice, and there are no consequences, it seems like. And sometimes the consequences are small. And you see, there is a time delay, I call it a time delay, between the wrong choice and the consequences. Now, why is there a time delay? God's mercy God's love. He wants to give you time to repent. He wants to give you time to make a a different choice, to turn from those wrong choices to honor God. But the problem is, is that sometimes when you make that wrong choice, there's an instant consequence for that action. And... I would want to encourage every individual, not only all the guys in APOR, I know they are all aware of this, and I know they love Dustin, and they're hurting this morning. They lost a friend. But this is to every person in here. Do not buy that lie. Don't believe the lie. Just one time it won't hurt. 
And it doesn't matter if it's flirting with someone at work, having a little affair one time, playing with pornography one time, getting drunk one time, doing drugs one time. The lie of the enemy is one time won't hurt you. And I want to tell you, it is a lie. It is a lie. You have to make a decision. I want God's way. I want God's plan in my life. And do not use that time delay. Don't presume upon God's grace because you've gotten away with it. it. To me, it's like running a red light. You can run a red light and get away with it. Cops are not there. And maybe nobody hits you. And then you, next time you get to the red light, you think, hey, I got away with the last time. I was going to go. And you go through that red light. You know, if you keep doing that, that's going to catch up with you. And one day you're going to go through that red light and not look, and you're going to get broadsided and possibly killed. And there's no time delay then. A lot of times Satan sets you up, lets you get away with it, and there are no consequences it seems like, but he's just baiting you to see if you'll keep doing it and do a little more and a little more and a little more. This morning, I want to talk to you about God and what He has done for us, and and what He does for us to bring us to salvation. I want you to look, if you would, to a passage in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, the Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No. He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but He wants everyone to repent. Well, there's that time delay. But he does not want anyone to be destroyed. He does not want anyone to miss the relationship that he has, I believe, with every person. I want to talk to you this morning about why we should be grateful concerning our salvation. And the very first thing I want us to talk about and look at, and that is, We should be grateful that God draws us. Say the word, draws us. Now, this is a key verse that Jesus spoke. It's in John chapter 6, verse 44. Very important because it sets up an understanding of a principle. He He said, for no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me does what? Draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up. Nobody just wakes up one day and says, I believe I'm going to come to God. It doesn't happen that way. You don't just one day decide, I'm going to go to church, or one day you decide, I'm going to receive Jesus as Lord. No, it doesn't happen like that. Somebody starts praying for you. Somebody, a mother, a father, a grandmother, a friend, someone starts praying for you. 
And when someone starts praying, the drawing process begins. And you know, you may be totally unaware of the drawing process going on in your life right now. But it's going on if somebody's praying for you. And this is the responsibility we have as believers. We need to be praying for those who don't know the Lord or who have known the Lord and walked away. Because the drawing process is the same. So what happens in this drawing process? What, what is actually going on? Well, you begin to pray for that individual to come to God. And in just a moment, we're going to talk about how we should be praying, specifically how we should be praying. But first, I want you to understand that when you begin to pray for that individual, maybe it's your son, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's your loved one, maybe it's your daughter, maybe it's your mom or your dad, somebody that you know that you love needs Jesus. They need to come back to Jesus. They need Jesus. And when you begin to pray, it releases in the spiritual realm the drawing process, and the Holy Spirit immediately begins to be at work. And you could say the Holy Spirit is on you like a hound dog. He's after you. He has been released to go after you and accomplish what Jesus said. No one comes unto me unless, same word he used, he said, no one can be in, enter into the kingdom of heaven unless they are born again. So it is a prerequisite for us to be drawn to God or to come to God. First, we have to be drawn. And so the Holy Spirit of God begins to work in your life. And you know, the angels get busy too. They are assigned by the Holy Spirit, I believe, and they begin to work circumstances in your life. And they begin to cause things to happen in your life. All of it is being redirected to get you to be drawn to Him. These doors close, that door's closed, this happens, that happens. A friend that is leading you in the wrong direction, all of a sudden you all have a fight and break up and you don't want to be friends anymore. You think that was by chance? No, somebody was praying for you. Somebody was praying for that relationship to be broken in Jesus' name. And then all of a sudden you meet other people, maybe at work or maybe somewhere else, that love Jesus. One time I had a young man in church. He came up and, and he said, you know, I stopped coming to church about six months ago. He had just come just a little bit. And he, and he said, you, you, you were preaching, and I, and I got mad at you every time you preached because you kept talking about Jesus, and I felt guilty about my life. And, and I just I said, I, I'm getting away from all these people. They're driving me crazy talking about Jesus. And he said, I, and I asked my boss, I said, I want to get out in the middle of the gulf on a job, on a rig, and, and, and just get me out there and get away from that church. And he got on that rig, and guess what happened? The foreman of the rig was a born-again Christian and had a Bible study. And as soon as he walked onto that rig, he said, son, I'm praying for you. And he invited him to the Bible study. He thought, I can't get away from these people. Well, I can tell you what's happening. Somebody's praying. Somebody is praying. For me, my mom prayed for me when I was just an infant. 
just, just a baby. My mom told me later that she began praying for me. And she even, she didn't know it at the time, but she prayed a prayer similar to Hannah's. And she said, God, I want you to use my son, Renee, in a very special way for your kingdom. So she not only prayed for me to be saved, but she began to pray for me to be used for the kingdom of God. But I want to tell you, parents, pray for your kids. Pray for your loved ones. Pray for people who are away from the church. Pray for people who are away from God. Pray for people who need Jesus. Prayer has more power than you can possibly imagine. The second thing I want us to look at, and that is, we should be grateful that God has a plan for each one of us. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. It says this, Even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and with fault in His eyes. Do you realize what that says? Before God ever created this world, Before God spoke this world into existence, he was thinking about you and his relationship with you. He wanted a love relationship with you before he created this world. Amazing. God had you in mind. God had a plan for your life before you were ever a twinkle in your mom and dad's eyes. Before you were ever born. Before you were conceived. God had a plan for your life. Another verse, John 15, 16, and this goes along with what we said earlier. Jesus said this. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give me whatever you ask using my name. God chooses you. Why does God choose you? Because he has a plan. God has a plan for your life. And his plan is better than Satan's plan. I said it earlier. Satan has a plan for your life. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to steal from you. He wants to get you offended. He wants to get you away from the church. He wants to get you away from all Christians. Satan has a plan. He only robs, steals, and kills. That's what Jesus said. And he lies in order to accomplish his goal. And he'll use anything and everything, lies, offenses, uh, harassment, discouragement, anything and everything he'll use to try and get you away from God and to get you from having that relationship with God. I think of how many people who have gotten offended and gotten away from the church. It is so easy to happen, and yet it is directly in the plan of Satan. He's been doing this for thousands of years, even though Jesus told us, don't be offended. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. So I encourage you, remember that God had a plan for your life. And let's say you got saved last year. I'm just using that as an example. Let's say you got saved last year, gave your heart to Jesus. Years before the drawing process started, 
you reap the harvest. And you may think you just got hungry for God last year. But I want to tell you, somebody was praying for you. Somebody was on their knees praying for you, beseeching the throne of God. The Holy Spirit was working and sending out the angels of God, working on circumstances, working on your friends, working at work, doing all kinds of things. And all of those culminated into that day when you gave your heart to Jesus or you came back to Jesus. God works all things for His good and for the good of the kingdom of God. You just woke up one day and responded to God's call, but just understand the drawing started years earlier. And it, I guess you could say, in a real technical sense, it started technically when somebody started praying, but really it started with the plan of God for you. And it was the plan of God that he had for you that caused God to put it on the heart of your mother, your dad, your friend, your uncle to start praying. So it really began in the heart of God, and he prompted someone to start praying for you, and then that person started praying, and then the Holy Spirit began to work, and then the drawing process is going on. You know, one thing I've noticed, if you start praying for someone, they get worse. You ever notice that? They get meaner. They get angry. They get upset. They get away from church. They, they, what is happening? Someone asked me that one day. He said, I, as soon as I started praying for them, they, they, they won't talk to me now. Well, I can tell you what. They're feeling, feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And they're reacting to that, and they don't know what's going on. God's after them, and they don't know what's going on. Don't give up. Don't give up. Why? Because the key thing, we should be grateful that the battle is won by prayer. Don't ever discount or diminish the power and the effectiveness of prayer. I want to talk to you just a moment about how you pray, how you should be praying. How do you pray for somebody either to come back to the Lord or to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus for the very first time? Four key principles I want us to look at. First of all, I want us to look, look at Ephesians 6. And this is just an encouragement to, to pray. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be what? Be what? Persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And that applies not only believers, but unbelievers. Be persistent. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the light, right word so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jesus and Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now, still preaching the message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Four times he says, pray, 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 pray. Don't give up praying. Keep praying. Pray consistently. Pray fervently because it's the way the enemy is defeated. Is through prayer. Four ways to pray. First thing, pray for God to open their eyes and their mind. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. It says this, If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. In other words, people who don't know the Lord. 
verse 4. Satan, who is the God, little g, of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. In other words, you talk to some people, and they don't want to have anything to do with God. They they want to get as far away from God as possible. Why? It tells us here. Their minds have been blinded. So how do we want to pray? Pray for their minds and for their spiritual eyes to be opened in the name of Jesus. Lord, open their eyes. Let them see the truth of who Jesus really is. Satan, release them in the name of Jesus. I declare that you will not blind their minds any longer. There's power in your words. There's power in your words. Declare the power of the name of Jesus over their life and that their minds and their spiritual eyes would be opened in the name of Jesus. Second thing, secondary, pray for the truth to be revealed about their emptiness. Here's the problem. People who don't know the Lord and and basically they don't want to know the Lord, they just kind of leave me alone. They don't understand the depth of their emptiness. They think, I'm fine. Hey, good. No problems. Leave me alone. Don't worry about me. And if you say, I'm going to be praying for you, sometimes they'll make a smart aleck remark like, hey, you can do whatever you want. I'm fine. God can and will expose to them their real emptiness powerful passage back in the book of Hosea. Look, if you would, Hosea chapter 2. This is the prophet Hosea, God's leading Hosea how to pray. Their mother is a shameless prostitute and became pregnant in a shameful way. She said, I'll run after other lovers and sell myself to them for food and water, for clothing of wool, linen, olive oil, and drinks. For this reason, this is God speaking, I will fence her in, and and the old King James used hedge her in with thorn bushes. I will block her path with a wall to make her lose her way. And the reason God, go back to that verse if you would, the reason he uses thorn bushes, the picture here is that you are praying that no matter where they turn, they get pricked. They turn this way. Oh, ouch. That hurts. You see, they've believed a lie. They think, I can run after my lovers. I can run after the world. I can enjoy all that the world has to offer, and I'm just going to have a great time. But what you're doing, you're praying, Lord, put thorn bushes all around them. Build that wall or hedge all around them so that wherever they turn, oh, ouch. What are you doing? You're praying that God would reveal to them how terrible of a situation they really are in, how empty they are, and that all their, quote, lovers are not lovers at all. All those lovers are there to destroy you and rob from you and kill you. Their lies from the enemy. Keep going. I'll block her path in a wall. When she runs after her lovers, she won't be able to catch them. I love it. She will search for them, but not find them. She, then she will think, 
I might as well return to my husband for I was better off with him than I am now. And here's the most powerful part. She doesn't realize it was I, God, who gave her everything she has. The grain, the new wine, the olive oil. I even gave her silver and gold. But then she gave all my gifts to Baal. At a time she was walking away from God, God provided for her. Why did God do that? His mercy and an attempt to draw her back to the Lord. You see, God is, he's such a merciful God. And, and you may say, oh, Lord, get her. Strike her down with fire and lightning. We're not real merciful people, you know. Get them, God. Burn them up like toast, Lord. You know, when they do something we don't like. But God is a God of mercy. And here he says, I was providing all this to you for a time. And you didn't realize it was God who was doing it. You thought it was all your lovers. But God was just being good to you for a time. But now that time is over. And all that is shut off. And now he's put the hedge of thorns around her. All so that she would return to God and return to her husband. Because all this is a picture of God's people returning back to God. He used the picture of this wife, Hosea. His wife was named Gomer. And this is a picture of Gomer, the prostitute wife, coming back to her husband. But it was also a picture of God's people who had wandered away and had chased after foreign gods. And he wanted Israel to come back to God, just like he wants you to return to him. The same picture. Third way that we can pray. Pray for them to hear God's voice and for their heart to be softened. Look at two verses in Hebrews first, uh, three, 315, if you would. It says this, remember what it says, Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart as Israel did when they rebelled. And then Hebrews 4, 7 says something very similar. It says, so God set another time for entering his rest. That time is today. God announced this through David much later, and the words already quoted. And here he quotes what he said back in 315. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. So you're praying for their eyes to be open, their minds to be open. You're praying for God to hedge them in so that they would recognize how empty they really are and that their lovers are not really lovers. And now you're praying for them to hear God's voice. And when they hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. Lord, soften their hearts. A lot of people today, and I know it's disturbing for many people what's going on in America today, but so many people have hardened hearts toward God. I've never seen such a tremendous bias and anger against Christians and against God. Never thought I would see that in America, but it's here. And this is the way we need to be praying for our nation. Lord, help our nation to hear the voice of God and not harden our hearts. Pray for softened hearts. Fourth area, pray for them to be surrounded by bold witnesses for Jesus. 
And that simply means breaking off all wrong relationships. If you have a loved one and they're in a wrong relationship with somebody or they have a friend that's leading them away from God or they have a a boyfriend or girlfriend that's leading them away from God, pray for that relationship to be broken in the spiritual realm and the emotional realm to be broken in the name of Jesus and pray for them to have godly friends who are bold witnesses. Man, we need bold witnesses. Not timid ones, but bold ones. Like this, and in the book of Revelation, he mentions this in Revelation uh, 12, verse 10 and 11. This is bold. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across heaven, It has come at last salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to the earth. That's obviously Satan, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb, and how? by their testimonies, and they did not love their lives so much as they were afraid to die. These are bold witnesses. This is the kind of witness I want witnessing to my friends and my loved ones that I'm praying for. I don't pray for little mamby-pamby Christians that, that, that hide out and want to be a secret agent for Jesus. I want bold witnesses who will stand up and tell them about Jesus. Last thing, we need to be grateful for God's amazing salvation through the blood of Jesus. How are you saved? It is the culmination of the drawing process. How does it happen? Let's look at it. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 20, powerful passage. Where you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. That was a real religious life. They, they're just following their religion. And he says here, it's an empty life. And it was not paid with mere gold and silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. And here's the plan of God again. Look at verse 20. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but now, in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Think about it. The plan has been set in action for many of you here today. Some of you are sitting in this room today, and the very fact that you are in the building, and you made it this far, (laughs) and you hadn't left yet, is a sign that God began the drawing process in your life. Now, some of you here, because you love Jesus, you're in love with Jesus, thank God. But some of you are here because somebody started praying for you years ago. Years ago. And the Holy Spirit, because it was the plan of God, for you to have a relationship with him, the God of this, this whole universe, because God wanted a relationship with you. He caused someone to start praying for you, and that person started praying for you. The Holy Spirit began to draw you. And right now, I want you to think in terms of the spiritual realm, a realm we can't see. But right now, in heaven, 
Our Heavenly Father is anxiously awaiting your decision. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, sits at his right hand. He also is awaiting the decision. You see, in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity for that culmination of the drawing process to come to pass. That you can be saved by the precious blood of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is here. Holy Spirit of God. He has been here from the very beginning. When the worship team began, the Holy Spirit began to work. And He began to use the worship to begin to soften your hearts. And even though you don't look like your heart has been softened, God has been softening your heart. One time I was preaching, I was preaching so hard, and I happened to look up, and, and I saw a person, they were like this. This a snarl on their face, like, yeah, do something if you can, man. Arm folded like that, like I could care less. And I was convinced that person hated my guts and wasn't listening to a word I said. And as soon as the opportunity came, they unfolded their hands and made their way to the front. Taught me a lesson. Outside can deceive you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit can do His work. Don't base it on what you see on the outside. Right now, the Holy Spirit is here. And what is He doing? He's drawing you. He's drawing you. He's pounding in your heart. He's drawing you, saying to you, if you have known him in the past and you walked away from him, he's trying to draw you back to him. If you've never known him and you've never made him Lord of your life, he is drawing you to make him Lord of your life and for you to be born again today. What are the angels doing? Well, I can tell you what the angels are doing. They're fighting spiritual warfare right now against the demons in hell who would try to dissuade you or distract you or get your mind off of God. The angels of God are at war right now. There is literally a battle going on, not only in here, but outside of this building. In the spiritual realm, the angels of God are fighting so that nothing would distract you from being drawn to God. Will this be your only opportunity? I cannot say. Chances are you'll have another opportunity, but I don't know that. All I know is that the Bible says, Behold, today is the day of salvation. Today, while you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Allow God to soften your heart and respond. Long before this message ever was put on my heart, God was working in your life. And I said it earlier, I'll say it again, you are not here by chance. You might have thought you just got up and decided to come to church today. I don't think so. God, by His Holy Spirit, has you here, many of you here, for one reason to give your life to Jesus or for some of you 
to come back to him and acknowledge him as Lord. And because he loves you so much, because he wants a love relationship, he will not force you. This is, this is not something God forces us to do. You have a free will. You can reject every word that I say. You can reject the wooing and the drawing of the Holy Spirit. It's your choice. And this is what makes our relationship with God so special, that it really is a choice. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. I'd like for you to bow your heads in prayer. Unless it's an emergency, I'd appreciate if you would just stay for just a moment. It will not be long. Holy Spirit of God, I ask you to finish the work that you began in the hearts of many people here today. You've been drawing individuals in this room. You've been drawing them for months, weeks, maybe even years, Lord. You've been drawing them to this point, and you got them to church this morning. And before they ever walked into this building, they knew they needed to have a true relationship with you, and that they have recognized the emptiness of their soul. And Lord, I pray today that you would draw them to you and that they would choose with their free will they would choose to respond to you. They would give their hearts and their life to Jesus. They would surrender to you and say, Lord, here I am. I want to give my life to you. Tired of fighting. I'm tired of walking away. Tired of being empty. He wants you to understand and enjoy that amazing relationship that you can have. God has a better plan for your life than Satan does. Worship team is going to sing that last song that we sang. How majestic is your name. How amazing is your name. And as they sing that song, I'm going to ask you if you'd get out of your seat, come down right here to the front, and I want to pray for you. Quickly, if you'll just make your way down here, if you need to come to God, you need to give your heart to Jesus. You need to, need to come back to the Lord, whatever it is. Maybe you have walked away from God, and maybe you need to come back today. I encourage you to come today. Come on, young man. One of our four guys. Hey, man. Bless you, man. Come on, man. There's some others of you. Come on. Young and old. Come on. Come on. Anybody else, you need to come get your relationship with God right. Would you come? Would you get this settled today? In the name of Jesus, would you come today? Not put it off and say, well, I'm going to do this later. Come today. Today is the day of salvation. Thank you, young man. Come on. There's some others of you. Anybody else? Thank you, young man. Come on, guys. A lot of young men here, young lady, anybody else? I'm going to wait just a moment. All right, come on. Thank you, young ladies. Praise God. Thank you. Friend of yours, Nicole. Great. All right, this, we're going to pray. I'm going to ask you to pray with us. And for those of you who are up here, this is a decision that you make of your own free will to choose him.
Maybe it's coming back to him. Or maybe it's coming to him for the first time. Still, it's a renewal of that relationship. Establishment of that relationship. So I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you just to, just to raise your hands and pray out loud with me. Let's pray out loud. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I give my heart to you, Jesus. I come back to you. I give my heart to you. I want to be born again by the Spirit of God. You've been drawing me, and I want to respond. I want to make you Lord of my life. I believe the blood of Jesus is the provision for my forgiveness. And I declare Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. I turn from my sin. I repent of my way. And I choose your way, Lord. No matter what anyone else may do, I choose you, Lord. Help me, Lord, to walk in this relationship. I need your help, Lord. Today, cause me to be a brand new person. In Jesus' name, I am born again. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.